All right, welcome back to Ducks and Pucks. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, uh, Eddie Jones. We're going to get you recapped on the uh, the games this last uh, week, and uh, we got lots of news to cover this time, Eddie, uh, with injury news, uh, some big trades made in the NHL, uh, Las Vegas trying to make a push for a team, and, you know, some fan questions about, you know, what the Ducks need to do um, down the stretch here. And uh, we'll also look at the uh, games coming up in the next week. And we also have a special guest, uh, Wayne, on the show. Welcome on the show, Wayne. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. All right, Eddie, let's get to it. Uh, the last game, well, we played Tampa Bay, and we recapped that one, and we got smoked. And then uh, we went against Florida, and we, we thought we'd have a better outcome, and the outcome was pretty much the same. We got handed it 6-2, to two, a loss. Yeah, and, you know, we said before, uh, you know, in the in the preview for this game last week that this is not the Florida Panthers team from last year. They're a better team. They're just, just struggling to score goals, and, and, you know, obviously we're struggling to keep pucks up the net in this game, and starting Briz was probably not the best idea, and found that out pretty early, letting three goals on eight shots, and comes in, and he doesn't fare much better, and um, they, they just jumped on us early. They got two power play goals. Uh, apparently, Kells have been great for us all season, and they kept going. Uh, Akblad gets one. Paul Mary brings us back a couple minutes later, and uh, we finish off the period with... Two more goals against, and about two goals in 22 seconds for the Panthers. So uh, they were able to score goals against us, and that's kind of been our problem in, in our last, you know, seven to nine games, is keeping the puck out of our net. Yeah, that's been the big problem, and I mean, you've seen this too in this game. You know, the odd man rushes. We've talked about this. The defense, it, they've just getting picked off. You know, they're getting caught cheating up ice, and they're just leading to too many odd man rushes, Eddie. And that's kind of been the downfall during this last stretch for the Ducks. Yeah, and you know, it's we've been talking about Stoner and Brewer, and, and you know, in Lovejoy recently as well, and and how they've just kind of been falling asleep on the play, and you know, you, you see um, the the game against uh, Tampa Bay, the worst one we've seen from Stoner and Brewer all season. You know, Brewer laying on the ice and, and missing the puck, and, and Brewer failing to clear in front of the net, and that carries over in this game, and. Uh, you could say Gibson came in and had a little bit better of a game, and but you know, all in all, you can't blame it all on the goalies unless it's Briz. And so the the defense was was pretty much the issue again. Yeah, I mean that seemed to be the case in this game, and you know going past that game into Carolina, and basically we figured that Gibson would start, and the Ducks went with Gibson. He leaned in there, and and did you know he almost shut out Carolina, uh, other than that one uh, you know funky goal that went over his shoulder and in. Um, but again, the defense wasn't sharp in this game. The Ducks came out in the second period and pulled out a couple goals, uh, you know, and held the fort down uh, largely because of Gibson. Um, but the defense just wasn't sharp. I mean, they gave up way too many shots in this game, and and you know, uh, basically Gibson stole this one in Carolina. Yeah, and you know, it, it's been a typical effort from the Ducks lately. We've been getting out shot, and it's a game where we had to rely on the goalie again, and. And it really, it's a game we should have lost. And it was kind of reminiscent of the last game against Carolina, uh, getting outshot, getting outplayed for most of the game, and, and kind of squeaking out with the win. So, um, Wayne, what do you think? What what did, what did you really notice from this game, uh, you know, good and good and bad from this game? The only reason we won that game was Gibson stood on his head the whole, entire game. Like 36 shots against in his second game back, that's outstanding, outstanding. Yeah, you know, that's what fans have really come to expect from him, especially, you know, his strong start last season. And he's been kind of on and off this season. You know, a lot of people are, are wondering if he's going to be the main guy. And, you know, we'll talk about, a little bit more about that later for sure. But, yeah, Gibson really, really the main reason we were in this game. And I guess you could say Bolesky too. He was uh, – a lot of people thought he picked up two goals in that game. Boschman, I'm getting a, a stick on the first goal. But, you yeah, know, he was a, a big force for us in this game like he's been all season. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's the key, uh, Eddie, like you said, is uh, Bolesky coming in there and, you know, doing his thing in the second period. But, I mean, uh, if you look at these shots, uh, as Wayne mentioned, 36 shots for Carolina, 17 for the Ducks. I mean, that's something we got to change, Wayne. Yeah, there's no way that we can be, like, especially against a bottom feeder team like that, you can't be letting 36 shots against the key, I think, for the Ducks going forward in this, Eddie, is that we we can't just rely on Gibson because, as you saw, we went into the Washington game on Sunday. We started Gibson. Uh, we got the goal first, uh, you know, and we even outshot uh, Washington. But still, uh, you know, the Ducks ended up giving five goals up in this one, Eddie. Well, yeah, you, you can rely on him if you're going to give him a chance. 
you know, we've been relying on Anderson all season, and there's games where we've at least, even if we've played bad, we haven't played bad enough where where it's been a problem or, or given up so many, uh, you know, bad bad chances where it's been a problem. But you see in the game uh, yesterday where, you know, Ovi on the power play, it's kind of hard to stop. And, and, and his first goal, you really can't blame on, on Gibson as much as he was screened by three players and had really no chance of seeing it. He just had to get in front of it, and, and, and it went through five-hole. But... You know, the three goals after that were, were all odd man rushes. Um, Johansson, you had an odd man rush. Um, uh, Burakovsky, both of his goals were almost similar, where him and Ovi were two-on-one on, on, I believe it was Fowler both times, and, you know, he, there's not much you can do, and Burakovsky buries both of them. So when, when you're hanging out your goalie, to, when you're hanging your goalie out to dry like that, it, it, it's kind of hard to, to win a game, especially, you know, when, it, when he's just coming back from injury. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, look at these odd man rushes, Wayne. And I mean, is there something that the Ducks need to do to fix this? I mean, is it the personnel making mistakes or is it just the the style of play needs to change? Honestly, I, I don't really know what we what we have to change. Like, we obviously need another stay at home defenseman. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, Eddie and I have talked about that, too. I mean, it was evident in this game that the uh, the defense had some lapses. Uh, you know, Eddie and I have been kind of tough on Stoner and Brewer lately, but, um, you know, if you look at this game, too, uh, Lovejoy has not been playing as well either, Eddie. Yeah, and you know, we when we brought Lovejoy in, it was a great surprise to see how well he'd been playing. And, and he came from Pittsburgh where he was a seventh defenseman, and, you know, he came in here and, and, and you know, picked up his play and slotted in the, in the top six pretty well, but... You know, as of late, with with all the team playing better, it, it's it's hard to see a guy like that pick it up. You got to have Fowler and and Botnin and Lindholm and and, and Boschman. Your top four, you know, really needs to carry the play. But when you look at the Ducks' top four and you compare them to you know Nashville and and St. Louis and, and Chicago, it, it's not really comparable. And you see that in the stats where you know the goals for are pretty much around the same for for those four teams, but the goals against are a huge difference with the Ducks. Uh, and the differential only being plus nine, and all the other teams being around plus forty. So, you know, definitely, I think if if we're gonna make a any kind of move or any kind of change, it's gonna be in defense. Offense has been pretty good so far this season, around par with the rest of the the top teams in the league. But the defense has just been terrible. And Nashville even more so now with the acquisition of France, and they'll be even more deadly. Yeah, exactly. And you know, that's another guy who comes off the market too, especially with, you know, Franzen's gone, uh, obviously Tyler Myers in the Kane trade and and Mathod just being resigned. Uh, you know, the dominoes are obviously falling. You you expect the Ducks to make a move soon if they're going to make one, uh, but the, there's le- less and less guys keeping on the market available, uh, Mike. Yeah, you know, we talked about that, Eddie. I mean, last time we had talked about Myers on the podcast and then, you know, uh t- what was it? For- 48 hours after the podcast, uh, we said that the, we weren't well during the podcast. We said we weren't going to get Myers, and then 48 hours after the trade's done, uh, and then a couple of days later, Franz, and then and now just you know um, the method re, uh, resigning. So I mean, who do you go for, Eddie, uh, out there that's left on the market to try and prove the defense? Uh, there's if you want, if we're going to pick a guy, you really don't want a guy who's going to come in and do the same kind of job. Obviously, at the the deadline last year, we picked up Robida, and he, he did a decent job, but you know he didn't play that many games, obviously with his injury, and then only playing about 17 games um, for the Ducks. And then Brewer was another guy who kind of patchwork fixing and, and Stoner in the off season, and they've been all right, but nobody's you know came in and solidified a, a spot. So I think if you look at the guys out there, you know there's Yandel's name's been thrown around, uh, Oliver Ekman Larson, who I still don't think is going to leave uh, Arizona, Sakara. Uh, from Carolina, Petri from uh, Edmonton, and, and McCallick, another name from Arizona. Uh, they've got a lot of def- defensemen available. I think our best option is is probably McCallick from Arizona. You know, he's, he's a right-handed D, uh, which is what we need, and he's a defense-first defense, defense first defenseman. And you know, I think he's definitely our best shot if we're going to sign somebody. Uh, uh, what do you think, Wayne? Uh, you know what? McCallick's probably the, the best option as well, in my opinion. Uh, I'm, I'm just not 100% sure what what we would be given up for any any uh trade to be honest with you you could see that too and and you know giving up things we've obviously heard Edom and uh his name thrown around and obviously draft picks uh, if a playoff team uh mike what do you who do you realistically with cs bringing in who do you want to bring in and what do you think is you know a good price to give up 
you know that that's the concern um you know you see buffalo and toronto you know basically going fire sale style on this and now i, I wonder if arizona is going to be the one next to that's going to try and rebuild and if they are then I agree with you. McCulloch's the way to go. I mean, uh, you know, Larson and Yandel, I like them too, but but the problem with both of those guys is it goes back to our defense getting caught up ice. I, I don't want to bring in a Larson or a Yandel, have them cheating all the time and trying to score, which I know they can score, but we need to, you know, solidify the blue line as far as the stay home defenseman because that's the spot that we're lacking the most. So McCulloch would be, you know, the number one choice for me as well from uh, Arizona. You know, Sakara, I, I wouldn't mind uh, from Carolina. I mean, there's word going around the Kings are trying to get him. And for those of you out there that haven't been paying attention and, and have been talking trash on the Kings, you know, they've won four in a row and they're only three out of the last spot. So we could be playing the Kings, uh, you know, in the first round, you know, if we hold on and win the, the division. And I'm saying that I know we're up now in double digits, but, you know, these, these last nine games have been rough. So I think if we can get one of those players at a good price, and a good price to me would be Edom and maybe some kind of a draft pick. Not necessarily a first-rounder, but if you can get away with a second or third-rounder and Edom for one of those guys, I would be down for that. I, I don't want to see some uh, mega trade like uh, Buffalo did, giving up four or five guys. That, to me, is, is too much, uh, Eddie. Yeah, and you know, you're talking about the last nine games, and and the pub, how well the plays really declined after that 4 nothing win against Vancouver. And we've seen the Ducks allow 39 goals in those last nine games, which is about four four goals against per game, which is just abysmal when when you look at you know a team in the top of the in the top of the Western Conference for most of the season and and you know how they've played in the last nine games, only winning three and going a record of three five and one. And you know, that's not lost on management and players and. Uh, Fowler uh, had a quote the other day. He said, uh, uh, "But uh, Bob Murray's been pretty adamant about trying to add another D-man. Uh, we feel comfortable with the group we have, but it's the, if there's somebody who can be brought in to help us, that's always good too. So you know, that's not lost on the players. They know they're playing bad, and I think you know it's not all about bringing in another guy. As you said, a lot of guys are getting caught on odd man rushes, and it's just positioning and you know it, it's setting up the plays right and, and, and coach work. And but you know." It, if it's become a consistent basis for the guys like Stoner and, and Brewer, and you know if you can bring in a, a top four, even a, a, another top six guy in, into the mix, and he can solidify a spot, uh, that's definitely going to be a, a step forward for the Ducks. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the way to go. And and you know the part of the problem we're going to have now too is some of the injury news that we've got to cover. You know, um, it, the goalie situation. Um, Anderson's out, you know, with the crossbar incident. Um, I've heard it was a concussion. I haven't been able to verify it, but, you know, it seems, you know, kind of likely with him being placed on the IR and, and, and then mentioning that, hey, he's going to be gone at least three games. So now you roll with Gibson and Brzezgolov as the backup, at least for a little while now. Uh, you know, I think the Ducks will be fine in the goalie position. I think Anderson will come back and he'll just do fine. And I think Gibson will do fine as well. But, you know, last night, Eddie, a big problem was we lost Bolesky and uh, uh, a nasty, uh, you know, face first into the boards crash where um, looked like he separated his shoulder. Again, that's what I've heard, but not confirmed. And then Botnan with a lower body injury, too. So now you've got your second best scorer and your number one scoring D-man out. It's, it's going to be a little bit of a rough patch here the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and that's why you see Manson and Edom get recalled and, you know, they're going to fill the spot for now. Obviously, you've been talking about how you wanted to see Manson come up and, and play a spot for uh, for Stoner. And it's obviously unfortunate that now it's Vaughn who has to get replaced because of injury. And, you know, Edom, who, you know, he's we've been looking for more from him all season. He gets another chance to prove himself. And, you know, we definitely think he's more than capable of playing in the NHL eventually. It's just, you know, he's got to, you know, take more advantage of the chances he gets to play for the Ducks when, when he gets called up. And, He's going to probably get a chance to play uh, on a third or fourth line. I, I don't see them slotting him in at Bolesky's spot. Probably bump up Cogliano from the from the fourth line or from the third line up to there. Maybe pop up uh, uh, Smith Pally or somebody else. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see what they do there. But you know, in, in regards to your talks about uh, about Gibson, we've we've seen uh, a mixed bag of of play from him so far. Not that he's really had any uh, you know Briscalov like games, but. Um, a lot of people think he's going to be the number one for the future, and obviously we've seen how well Anderson's been this season as well. 
Um, Wayne, where, where do you think uh, Gibson is now, and do you, do you think he's ready for the number one, or do you think he still has a couple of years before he becomes you know, the elite goalie everybody's been hoping for? Uh, to be honest with you, I honestly think that uh, in a couple of years we'll have this another Hiller situation. We're gonna need, we're gonna have three goalies that are ready, and we're like with uh, Bobkov, Anderson, and uh, Gibson. Like we'll have three NHL caliber goalies. So, on like what I think is that we'll need to get rid of at least one of them. Yeah, definitely, and you know I think. With the way, it depends on the play. Obviously, we we don't know how much Gibson's going to develop. Um, you know, Anderson even as well. Uh, we've seen how well he's been playing lately, and and Gibson could eventually become, you know, he could become a, a an illegal in this league, or we could see another uh, situation like Dallas had with Jack Campbell, where it doesn't really exactly pan out. Uh, Mike, I'm going to ask you the same question. Where do you see Gibson? Is do you think he's ready? You know, for the number one, is he is he NHL ready, or or is he gonna? You know, needed more time in, in Norfolk or San Diego in the next few years. You know, I, I think Gibson is NHL ready. And we talked about this before in the beginning of the season. Uh, I know Danny, we had Danny on before and and, and she thought he wasn't. Uh, I think he is. Uh, but I think right now the, the main man is going to be Anderson. Um, and I think that's who the Ducks should stick with. You know, you know, my favorite is Gibson. But, I, you know, we talk about you know, what's best for the team on, on our podcast. And, and we're, we're not homers here. We, we talk about what's the best thing to do. And when, when things are going wrong, we talk about when things are going wrong. And I think, uh, I think Gibson is pretty much there, but I, I think part of the problem, and you kind of touched on this, Eddie, is that if we roll with Anderson, Gibson's not going to get that much time in the NHL. So it is going to be a situation like Wayne brought up with Hiller, where we could see, you know, Bobkoff coming up too. And then the Ducks are going to have to figure out something. If they're going to go with Anderson, then we're going to have to lose either Gibson or Bobkoff and get some quality players, Eddie. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that comes full circle around the trades. And uh, we move a bit away from the Ducks just for a bit. We've had, you know, a couple of trades that have recently happened. Obviously, the Kane trade happening uh, after, uh, you know, a couple of days after our, our podcast. Um, I believe it was Evander Kane and, and, and Bogosian and a goalie prospect moving from Winnipeg. Uh, to Buffalo for uh, Drew Stafford, Tyler Myers, uh, prospects uh, Brendan Lemieux and Joel Armia, and a first-round pick of Buffalo's choice, which will most likely be either St. Louis's or the Islanders. Uh, in your opinion, uh, Wayne, who do you think won that trade? Uh, currently, uh, Winnipeg won the trade, hands down. Like okay. for the for the right now, uh, for the future, it all depends on if Kane smartens up. Like if he is the 30-goal scorer that he's he is has the skill set to be then it's an even trade right down the middle yeah and i could definitely see it too and you know if buffalo ends up picking up a jack eichel or a Connor mcdavid and you play kane on his wing he definitely could reach his potential of being a 30 goal scorer um as long as he you know gets his attitude right i i see it kind of uh uh this situation is sort of like uh, tyler sagan when he was with buffalo i mean with boston uh when he was you know put on the fourth line uh wasn't really, you know, he's a locker room problem out partying and he gets traded to Dallas and then becoming an elite player in the league. We could see the same thing with Kane, but I agree with you with uh, with Winnipeg being the winners of the trade right now. You know, obviously Drew Stafford and, and Tyler Myers are able to uh, slot right in their lineup and, and, and be, a, you know, definitely an improvement um, on, on how Kane and at least Kane was playing at the time. And, you know, prospects Brendan Lemieux and Joel Armia, who you know aren't no slouches either, and then a first-round pick to to add even more to a prospect pool. Um, that's pretty deep for Winnipeg already. Uh, Mike, uh, I'm gonna get ask you the same question to who who you think won uh the the specific trade. Oh yeah, I, I agree with both of you on this. I think Winnipeg for sure won the trade uh, for now, and, and you know Wayne touched on this too. It's really key for uh, Buffalo on how Kane is gonna come out after the injury. Uh, you know, obviously going forward next season, we know that this trade was not made for Buffalo this year. They, they don't have any hope of making the playoffs. They're way out of it. So it was a, a future deal for them. Um, I still think Winnipeg comes out ahead. And I think this kind of rolls into the next trade, Eddie. I think, you know, Winnipeg makes this trade. You look at the standings. They have 68 points, uh, at least at the time of this podcast. And the way that they're going to go into the playoffs, if they hold that spot, they're going to play Nashville. So who makes the next trade? Nashville makes the next trade, and they get Franzen. So to me, Eddie, if I'm a Ducks fan right now, which obviously we are, but I'm really worried about Nashville in the in the Western Conference. 
Oh yeah, and and you know, the Leafs are obviously uh, going with the rebuild, or at least a small one so far. You can see more moves from them eventually. But Franzen was another target that had been rumored to go to the Ducks, and now he's off the board. And Sandarelli's been a bright spot for you know pretty bad Toronto team this season, and uh, they both are former draft picks of the Predators, and they go back to to Nashville and. It makes Nashville, who's already been a surprise and, and, and such a great team this year, and they had two, you know, two big pieces uh, offensively and defensively in face, and even in Santarelli's case, and, and, and this just makes them an even better team, and, you know, it, it proves they're, that they're, they want to make a run for the Cup, and you know, this makes them, if they weren't already a legitimate contenders and definitely a, a bigger threat to the Ducks and you know, maybe a second round or a Western Conference final if we can make it that far. Uh Wayne, what, what do you think th- this puts Nashville in? And you know, obviously this makes them more of a threat. Uh, do, do, are you worried about facing them in a you know possibly a second round situation? Oh, for sure. Uh, Nashville's got one of the best defensive corps in the league now. Like Weber, Jones, France, and those guys, Yossi even. Like they're they're top defensemen. Like offensively for sure. Like, even defensively, they they got a good setup going. Yeah, and and it seems like every trade that they've made. You know, since the the um, that steal of trading Erat for Forsberg has has just improved the team, and you know, I, I believe at the beginning of uh, of the season we had our uh, our predictions for the season. I think we even only had Nashville just barely making the playoffs, and now they're at least five points in the lead in the NHL, and, and definitely been one of the surprises of the season. Um, and uh, with all these trades happening, um, you know, hopefully it will cause a domino effect, and we'll, we'll see one of these guys go to the Ducks. Um, and um, with uh, sad news that was recently uh, announced, uh, he only played for the Ducks for one season, but uh, Steve Monador passed away. Uh, I, I have not heard uh, how, but he passed away at 35. Uh, uh, sad news here, Mike. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, I was surprising yesterday because I remember getting ready for the game and doing the game uh, you know, preview and getting everything out and ready, and I heard that. And uh, it's just unfortunate. I mean, 35, I mean, that's that's my age. So it's like, I mean, I couldn't, can't imagine. I mean, it's just so young. Uh, I was happy to see that the Ducks, um, you know, did do a moment of silence. And uh, Phil Hewitt made a little announcement for the game, which, you know, I'm always big on the Ducks and how they're a class act organization. So I was happy to see them do that before the game, Eddie. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we've seen them do a lot of stuff like that recently. And, you know, kind of move on to a lighter note and get away from that. Um I'm not sure if you saw it, or I'm pretty sure most people have seen it. Now the Kings had um, their retro yellow jerseys come out, and um, a lot of mixed uh, opinions on them. And I was in the camp of that; they were completely hideous. Uh, did you guys see those jerseys, uh, Wayne? Worst jerseys ever. Like there, there's not <laughs> a maybe, maybe Nashville's yellow ones and and Buffalo's, but but uh, those are just terrible. Like, yeah, there's nothing good about those. <laughs> when you put yellow on a jersey, you, you, it, it's hard to make it work. Uh, for sure. Uh, Mike, did you get a glance at those jerseys too? Uh, yeah, I think I was blinded for about an hour. I mean, I, they're just they're terrible, 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 terrible. I mean, if you're gonna put a little bit of yellow in there with some purple or something like that, like they're, you know, trying to go a little bit old school, but you know, try and make it a little bit more modern, then I could see it. But the way those ones looked, oh my God, it was like the construction workers were out or something on ice. Even even with us being Ducks fans, obviously we hate like the Kings, but I've heard it from other like I've heard it from Bruins fans, everyone saying they're just not right. That jersey should not be in the league. <laughs> I think as well as just the yellow helmets is what made it that much worse. It's just. It just added to you know, at least make the helmets purple or something, but it just blended yeah. too, too. You know, I just it was too much for me to see. Uh, for sure, Eddie. You know, uh, talking about you know the Kings and the playoffs and all this stuff. We had a question from Alex. He asked us about the playoffs, about who who would we want to play and who wouldn't we want to play. And you know, currently right now, Eddie, we would face uh, Hiller and the Calgary Flames. Obviously, uh, you know, Vancouver and San Jose are right there. They're all bunched up. They're only a point separated with the Kings on the outside. Uh, who would you want to face and who wouldn't you want to face? Um, I think just because of our record uh, right now against Calgary, you know, at, in Calgary and, and just how we've, we've, you know, they're a good team and they've, they're a good young team. But that's another reason why I think I'd want to face them is they're a young team. They're playing well in the season. You know, they're having some success. Um, but you know the Ducks know how to beat Hiller. 
Uh, they're a young team that won't have as much playoff experience and, and how we've dominated them at Honda Center you know, uh, in, in the last decade at least is, is another reason why I, I'd, I definitely want to play Calgary. You know, San Jose definitely not, especially how they beat us this season. I know they're notorious for choking in the playoffs, but you know, I don't, I don't want to risk it with you know, the, the way we've played against San Jose this season. And, you know, Vancouver, Ryan Miller could steal a series at any at any time. And, and you know, you can see guys like Rabada and the Sedins and, you know, if BX's battle had playoff experience. So I think if I had to pick somebody, I'd, pro- I'd probably pick uh, Calgary. And uh, what about the Kings? Would you like to play the Kings in the first round? As some of the fans have been harping on me, you know, revenge, payback, let's take them out. Uh, you know, it would be nice to take them out, but do you really want to play the defending Cup, Stanley Cup champions in the first round? Um, I, I'd honestly, I'd rather see them not make the playoffs. I'm sure most of Ducks fans would like to see them not make the playoffs, but you know, it's always nice to get revenge. But I, I definitely, I, I still would, I'd still go with Calgary. And, and if Minnesota squeaks in over Calgary, then Minnesota. If I had to pick two teams, yeah. What about you, Wayne? What do you think? Who would you play or not play in the playoffs for the Ducks? I, I completely agree with Eddie. Like I, I don't want to play the Kings either because the Kings wear you down in a series too. Like. They're they're a deep team. Like, we're going to be on our toes the entire series. Like, if it goes seven games, then you're exhausted for the next round. Like, I would rather get in in a a sweep or a five-game series against Minnesota or Calgary first. Yeah, I I agree. I think that's the thing. I think even if we we do some tweaks to the team, which we're going to talk about that in a little bit, and we write the ship here, you know, going into the final five, six weeks – uh, you know, I think the Ducks could beat the Kings in a seven-game series or six-game series this year. I really, really do if if we do certain things that we're going to talk about. But I think, like you said, Wayne, is a good point. Is Say we do beat them in six or seven, but then we're so exhausted that when we go in the second round, we go to play a San Jose, uh, you know, and, and it's going to be tough. San Jose smoked us this year four out of five games. Let's just be realistic. I don't want to play the Sharks. Um, the only other team I might want to play is Vancouver. Uh, I know, like Eddie said, you know, that they could steal a couple, but we have beaten them three out of four games. So if we didn't play, I, I would take the Flames first. But if not, I wouldn't mind uh, Vancouver either, Eddie. But I, I agree with both you guys. I don't want the Kings in the first round. Yeah, and, you know, we well, how they, we, we talked a bit already about trades and, and how they're, the Ducks are going to have to improve. And, you know, a, a question that's been thrown around is, are the Ducks just in a, a little slump? Are they going to come out of it, or is there more to the story? And obviously we've, we've seen in the last nine games how you know, they've been the only worst teams um, in, in, uh, in the NHL have been the Sabres and the Devils, and that's kind of bad company to keep. And you know, letting in 39 goals in the last seven games uh, is terrible as well. And, you know, we just look at it, it's kind of you know interesting and, and you know frustrating to see how the Ducks – have been this season, you know, statistically they've they've been average. They haven't done anything amazing. You know, goals per game, they're tenth, and goals against per game, they're nineteenth. Power playing penalty killer, sixteenth overall for each of them. And you know, this is a team who's for most of the season been first in in the West, let alone first in the NHL. And and somehow we're just average in, in everything. And you know, t- all the one goal games were uh, the the record everybody obviously knows about. It, it it's it's weird to see. Um, where do you where do you think um, they've gone wrong? Does anything to improve? Obviously, defense. Uh, what do you think is, is the case with with our special teams and everything being so average, uh, Wayne? Well, I don't understand it really. Like our our power play, we got Getzloff and Vaughn in on the point with with Kessler in the middle. Like that's some of the that's a, a faceoff win almost every time, and a bomb on the point with Vaughn in. Like it's. I don't know. I, I think we should be doing a lot better. I think we're trying a little too hard to be fancy and score the nice goals. Like, put Maroon in front of the net and shoot the puck at him. You know, do you see it just being a coaching thing, or, or is it like the player's not really playing uh, the power play how the coach wants? Well, if you look at Boudreaux when he was in uh, Washington, he had an excellent power play, but like it might be a, lar- a large part with that Ovechkin's there. He scores a lot of power play goals, but I don't know. I I don't really know what to what to blame it on. Uh, Mike, what do you, what do you see as being the issue? Obviously, you know you look at our roster and and you see Getzloff and Perry and and Vatnin and Lindholm, Fowler. You know po- potential power play quarterbacks and Vatnin has been so good on the power play this season. What do you think is is the problem with the power play and and the penalty kill and why they can't seem to get anything going? 
You know, I think the biggest problem, Eddie, on the power play is for the Ducks, is it's getting set up. It seems like every time we get a power play, they, they can't get in the offensive zone and just get set up. It seems like it takes 30 to 40 seconds every power play to get set up. They get in there. Uh, when they get in there, they get a couple good chances. Um, but even again, like last night, there was, oh, I can't remember what, what period it was, but there was a chance Getzloff had, and he passed it right in front of the net. And it's just like, at this point, uh, you know, Wayne touched on it too, you get Maroon in front of the net or somebody else, another forward, Cogliano, he had a nice one in front of the net last night. You just get him in front of the net and just shoot and get a rebound, a bounce, a deflection, something to get in there because if you're trying to make a fancy pass to get in the zone and then you turn it over, then you're, you know, you got to restart the power play. Same thing's been going on while in the zone. We've been doing that. And instead of getting those ugly goals, which is what the Ducks really need to do, we need to start scoring ugly goals like we did in Carolina. Those two goals we got, they were ugly. And you know what? I loved it. I don't care. Get in front of the net, get a bounce, get a deflection, and just get it in there. That's the way to do it, Eddie. Yeah, do you, so do you think we should just toss the 1-3-1 one one that they've been playing most of the season and, you know, just throw – I know if we had um, Derek and Mike on from uh, three two, uh, three twenty eight po- Section 328 podcast uh, um, last week, and they said, you know, just throw a guy like Perry. How do you, how do you not throw, you know, a perennial goal scorer like Perry – and with his size in front of the net, and just sit him right in front of the goalie, and you know, get a stick on on the puck, and you know, I think that's probably the best option. It's just to, to mix things around. You know, the penalty kill, f- having a 16th in the league isn't terrible, but when you want to be one of the top teams, you gotta have something. You gotta have one of the two at least in the top 10, if not the top five. And I think this is the same last year, and, and you know, the year before is is the power plays and seem to be to get going and you know has streaks where it's all right and then the penalty kill is a problem too and i think you know just making a change you know if it's if it's coaching you know maybe maybe not uh boudreaux but you know somebody else in the organization and whoever you know just change something up fix something with the power play and you know maybe throw Perry in front of the net yeah if you if you look at our team and uh like our team is just gritty like we don't have we don't have the 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 huge dangle or like like Patrick Kane or Crosby or like even Gustav Nyquist, had, like he was skating around the zone the other day, like for a minute on his own. Like we need a guy in front of the net, a guy to dig in the corner every time. Like we can't just depend on someone to dangle through the other team's defense. Yeah, you're exactly right, Wayne. And that's, you know, Eddie touched on it, you touched on it. That's the thing. You have to have somebody like Bolesky in front of the net. Perry in front of the net, Maroon, Cagliano, you know, you got to get those guys on the one and two power play units in front of the net uh, and just creating havoc, create traffic, maybe get the defender to cross-check you and get another penalty, uh, screen the goalie. I mean, that's how you get pucks in there. I mean, that that's the kind of play that you're going to have to do on the power play. Um, going to the defense um, uh, on, on shorthanded situations, Eddie, I, I think really it's a size issue. Uh, that's what it comes down to me. You bring up Manson. You put him in there, and you have him block out anybody that gets in front of the net. Straight up and simple. Or we go out and we get another guy like McCulloch, another 6'2", 6'3", type guy, and you have those guys on there. I mean, we, we, we talked about this before, Eddie, and obviously we're not going to get a, a Pronger, a Niedermeyer type person. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, we, we could sell the farm and you know go, hey, Weber, come on over here, which they're not going to do that after this last trade. But that's what you're going to have to do on the penalty kill. You're going to have to get some big bodies, too, that are going to be able to do the opposite, clear out the space for Anderson and Gibson, let them see the puck, and not let the other team get these ugly goals. Yeah, and you know, that's what we've tried to do, you know, obviously bringing in Stoner and Robodon Brewer, and you could see kind of what, what Bob Murray's wanted to do, and he's wanted to bring in a guy who's who's specifically defense first. And obviously, you know, Boschman is that way, but you look at Fowler and Fawn and Lindholm, and not to say they're bad defensively but they're definitely thinking offense first most of the time and you want to bring you know if you're going to try and find a guy like pronger or, or niedermeyer you know there's only get a guy like that and that's through the draft nobody's going to be trading those guys during the season uh, and rarely is anybody like that going to be available in the offseason or free agency so if you're going to get a guy like that you're going to have to get him in the draft um which for us is even harder because we're you know a team that's going to make the playoffs most most well we would hope almost every year with the team that we have um, so, you know, you've got to pick up a guy who's a top four who's available from struggling teams, and we've talked about that with McCallick and, and you know, 
potentially Char, who uh, was rumored to be going anywhere. You know, those are the only times you find those guys when they're late in their career and and when the team's struggling. And it's it's hard to find those types of guys. And you know, it all really comes down to is is how much does Murray believe in 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 our blue line? You know, featuring a top four of Fowler and Boschman and Lindholm and Vaughn and. And if he doesn't believe in it enough, how much is he willing to spend on, like, a legitimate upgrade? That That's really what it all comes down to, Mike. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Eddie. And to me, if the Ducks don't make some kind of move, we're not going to go all the way. I'm just going to go on a record saying that right now. Unless something is done, whether it's you bring up Manson and you boot out Stoner or Lovejoy, or you go trade and get someone, I'm just going to tell you right now because – and I think uh, Eddie and Wayne, you'll both agree, blue lines win championships. All sports. And all sports, that's the truth. Yeah, exactly. And, and we had another question from uh, from Alex on Twitter, and he said, um, if the Ducks exit early in the playoffs, where should be changes made? Uh, should it be made in the players or should it be made with the coaching staff? Uh, Wayne, what do you think? Oh, definitely not the coach. I don't think anyways. Uh, I think Boudreaux is a – we hired him what two days after he was fired, I think. Yeah. Like you, you don't just fire a guy like that after three seasons or anything. I think there's got to be a legitimate defensive upgrade. Yeah, I agree with that. And you know, obviously, Boudreaux's uh, success in the in the regular season is is one of the best that we've seen. And 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 you see, obviously, in Washington, he struggled to get past the second round, and that's what a lot of people have been harping on here. Uh, um, what do you think, Mike? Do you think? It's it's if we don't make it past the you know, first or second round, uh, is it time for Boudreaux to go, or is it you know maybe time for Murray to go, or assistant coach or something, or or is it you know a time to to make a big trade and, and shake things up? Yeah, you know a lot of people have been hitting me up and and they're they're getting irritated with uh, Boudreaux, and I, I understand it. I mean, like you said, he's he's had Washington at first or second in the Eastern Conference the time he was there. Now you look at the Ducks, who've been first or second in the league as well, too, the last couple of years. And and we followed the same trend, though, in the playoffs. We've lost in the first and second round. Um, unless the Ducks go into the first round and, like, get blown out, uh, you know, four games in a row or something, I don't think Boudreaux should be moved. I mean, it would have to be something we'd have to do so awful in the playoffs. Uh, and I don't think that we're going to keep doing awful like we are now. Uh, you know, just going back to what I said earlier, I think the Ducks are still going to make the playoffs. I think they'll still win the first round. I just don't see them going all the way unless we do make a trade. And, and that's where the change is going to have to come. We have to, to figure out something on the defense either now when we make a push or when it goes into the offseason. That's what we're going to have to do because, uh, you know, Eddie, we talked about this too. Uh, you know, this may be Boschman's last year too. So we got to figure out we may need to pick up not just one but two defensemen going into next season. Yeah, and for sure. And, you know, we could – I think right now it doesn't have to be too drastic and – you know, I, I still like to keep guys like Edom and and Stefan Nason and Nick Ritchie and Kurt Dillies and you know, but defensively, you know, pro, for prospects we've got you know Shea Theodore, Manson who's been called up a couple of times, but you know we don't have a a real you know powerhouse guy you know in the farm, and I think you know we need to have a top ten pick to pick up a guy like that. You know, as long as we keep our first round pick as well. You know, I think that's key. I, uh, I don't know what it will take to get a guy like McCallag. I don't know what Arizona's going to want. Um, but I think if we can if we can keep our pick and, you know, maybe move one of the, the forward prospects to get him. But, uh, you know, I don't think it will cost too much, especially since it's at the deadline. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see and, and see who they move. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what do you think, Wayne? Do you think the Ducks need to make a move? I mean, it doesn't have to be blockbuster, but some kind of a move so we can go farther in the playoffs. Oh, for sure. Like, we need help defensively. There's no doubt about it. Like, we have, like Eddie said before, like three of our four or three of our six defensemen are more offensive-minded. And and the other two may be, or the other three may be neutral other than Boschman. Like, yeah, ex- uh, exactly. And that, that's been the concern is that you've got one stay-home defenseman, uh, Boschman, Eddie, and I think, you know, I think you need at least two if you want to go deep in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. And you know, you look at most of the teams. Uh, you know, if, even if he's not defense first, you know, he's a two-way guy. You look at uh, St. Louis; they've got Petrangelo and Shattenkirk, and you know, those are two solid two-way guys. Uh, Keith, even though he's a, a good offensive defense, he he knows he you know he's an elite guy. He's going to play defense as well. And Seabrook as well. Weber, uh, you know, Weber is by himself. 
is is all you need. Like like you look at the other guys on Nashville's defense, they're good. You know, Jones is a good prospect, and Franzen's gonna add to them, and Yossi's good. But you know, Weber is is one of the best, if not the best, defenseman in the league, and. Well, even you look uh, in the Eastern Conference where you don't need as, as much of a stronger defense, but Tampa has Headman, you know, and 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 um, uh, Boyle and you know Strawman was there, and and uh, Montreal has Subban and Markov, and you know, so hang in Pittsburgh, you need a guy, you know, a, a good two-way guy, if not a good solid, you know, defensive defenseman to you know to add to the offense that you have, and that, that's something the Ducks are either gonna have to trade for or add in the draft for sure. Um, with some that's come up recently, you know, we talked about expansion a lot, um, a couple podcasts ago and Las Vegas has made a huge step forward into having the NHL team. Uh, they, uh, had it started a ticket drive for their season ticket, um, for the season tickets and they needed to reach the, uh, 10,000 minimum. Um, I haven't heard much news on it recently, but I heard up to four days ago, they were halfway towards their 10,000 uh, 10, minimum, uh, minimum in 44, 48 hours, which is not too bad. Um, obviously, with the Canadian markets and you see in Winnipeg, um, they're reaching their um, their 13,000 minimum in, in you know less than 24 hours. And, you know, obviously that speaks to the Canadian market and how much success they've had. Um, but... What do you guys think realistically of a franchise in, in Las Vegas? Uh, first with you, Wayne. Um, I I don't understand it really. Like, uh, going back to the Winnipeg sellout, it sold out in under twenty minutes. Like the thirteen thousand mm-hmm. under twenty minutes, like, and they're not even halfway there in in forty eight hours. Like, I just don't understand. I think the people that live in Las Vegas will be the will be. Uh, they won't be the loyal fan base. Like the casinos will buy all the tickets and give them out to people that that go there, and they they won't have people like repping the jerseys or they'll just have people that are there on bachelor parties, in my opinion. Yeah, and you know it, it's hard to compare Las Vegas to Winnipeg. Obviously, Winnipeg's had a franchise before, and the the fan base has been there. Um, and you know even but if you look at Quebec too, and Quebec City's had a team, so the fan the fan base is there. But I think you know if you run this in Seattle, for example, if you want to make sort of realistic comparison, I think Seattle probably would be able to sell it even quicker than Las Vegas. And I, and I don't see why you know Quebec or Seattle has moved towards this before Las Vegas has. And you know you look at a lot of the people buying season tickets and. You know Dana White, uh, May- Floyd Mayweather, Wayne Gretzky, Daniel Negrano. A lot of these guys are are you know guys who have ties to either to the NHL or to Las Vegas, and they're buying season ticket packages. I know this is only four or five guys, but you know you got to think there's a lot more celebrities who have ties to Vegas who are going to be buying tickets. They're not going to be there every game, and not that that matters to the revenue, but you know you're not going to see as many faces in the stands. And I believe it's a 17,000 seat arena around is what they're looking to build. And, you know, 10,000 minimum, if they sell that, where, you know, you still got to sell 7,000 more seats. Uh, and I think in a, in a place like Las Vegas, that's going to be a little bit hard. Um, or I, in my opinion, extremely hard. I have a lot of doubt um, about a, a franchise there. Obviously, they've had a successful AHL team before, but uh, it, it's hard to to build a team in pretty much uncharted territory, you know, building it from the ground up where they where they don't have over 50 years of hockey history and, you know, it's it's kind of hard to to start a, a hockey from nothing. What do you what do you think, Mike? Yeah, I agree with both of you on this one. I, I just don't see it happening. Vegas is such a transient population with people coming and going. Like Wayne said, you know, people you know ha- you know having bachelor parties and all this other stuff going, and the casinos giving out tickets for God knows what reason. You know, they'll give them out for who knows if you buy a certain package at their hotel, whatever. I don't really see it going anywhere. I think the best bet for the NHL is to go to Seattle. Um, you know, with the recent success of the Seattle Seahawks, um, you know, they've talked about the Supersonics coming back in basketball as well. I think Seattle would be a good fit, and I think Quebec would be the, another, you know, a good uh, fit too because they're hungry there uh, for a team. So I think those are your best two locations, Eddie, especially because uh, you know we got to get two more teams to uh, balance out the conferences as well. Yeah. And you look at Las Vegas too, and you you would say maybe if Las Vegas had another team, you know, basketball would probably work there, baseball, football would would much like most likely work almost anywhere in the U.S. So if they had a team there, but they don't really have anything, so it's kind of hard to to build a, a you know a hockey team in a non traditional market. But you know it has to be said, uh, five thousand plus tickets in two days is 
pretty impressive for a, a team in a non-traditional market, but it still is a non-traditional market, and you do have to sell. You know, you'd like to, to sell fourteen thousand to sixteen thousand, if not a sellout, on every night. And do you really see that happening with the struggles in Arizona and the struggles in Florida? You know, is this really a sound investment? And and you know, with Batman showing up at the ticket drive, this looks more likely to happen, even though with a lot of people having doubt about it. Uh, what I think uh, Batman's trying to do, like if you put another team in Canada, I think you may be taking away like interest from another Canadian team. Mm-hmm. Everyone in Canada is watching hockey. Let's be honest. So, like, why go for them when there's untapped potential in Vegas? Maybe. And I'm sure they have the money to, you know, to risk it in there. But uh, in my opinion, I see it being another Phoenix or another Arizona, and and, and it might work out. Um, but you never know. It, it's it's hard to tell with with a situation like this. I'm I'm surprised they haven't, you know looked at elsewhere i know there's been rumors of it and, and there's still this still isn't a for sure thing you know we, we can't sit here and say that this is for sure gonna happen um it, it's still very much up in the air and if they don't even meet the ten thousand minimum it might not even be a thing so it all depends and i'm sure the nhl will make a decision you know we what we can pretty much tell from this is they are looking to expand and they, they, they'll most likely expand within within the next couple of years yeah it's going to be interesting to see, and we're just going to have to keep our pulse on it and keep everybody updated, uh, you know, what's going to happen in the next week or two, as we will. And, uh, you know, uh, coming up in this week, uh, we're going to be facing uh, Tampa Bay, uh, Calgary, and Edmonton, Eddie. And, and what's your thoughts? I mean, Tampa Bay smoked us, and now we're a little bit shorthanded. Uh, you know, we're going to be at home, but w- what do you think how we're going to do on Wednesday night against the Lightning? Uh, we're going to have to play a lot better. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty much all I can say. Like, uh, the way we played against Tampa Bay last time defensively was the start of, uh, or at least in my opinion, one of the worst defensive games we played all season, and, and it showed why we didn't have any trust in Stoner and, and, and Brewer, and you know maybe we'll have another defenseman by then. I doubt that early, but you know we'll have to see how it goes. And I, I'm not too optimistic for it. Obviously, I, I want them to win, and I think they still can win with the team they have. Um, but you know this is an important game to keep us up. You know, with St. Louis and and Nashville, and now we've slipped down to third in the Western Conference, and Chicago's right behind us. But you know, we want to keep getting the points, and and it's going to be at home, which hopefully is going to go to our advantage. But we're going to have to get out to a you know fast start and you know work the forecheck, which hasn't been really you know that great. You know, it was worked pretty good against Washington the last game. Obviously, we didn't win the game, but I'll you know, get back to a good forecheck and, and play sound defensively to beat them. What do you think, Wayne? What about our chances? I uh, like. Like I said, or like Eddie said, uh, he's like neither of us are really optimistic about our our odds against uh, Tampa. But I think we need to we need to slow down some of their skilled guys. Like be physical with Stamkos and and Tyler Johnson and Palat, Kucherov. Like they're not the biggest guys in the league. Like we got to slow those guys down. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, and that's been the problem Eddie and I have talked about too. Is uh, you know, neutral zone. Neutral zone is, is, I think, been, you know, probably one of the biggest areas of concern on the defense, Eddie. It, it just seems like we let the other teams get the transition game going way too easily. And, you know, that's going to be a big factor in this game. And then, you know, we're going to Calgary. We're going to play Calgary, who, you know, we like to get two or three goals on them. But then we let them run up and down the ice, too. Yeah, and it seems like, well, Calgary this season has been the, the best third-period team in the league. And, uh, you know, you could get up on Calgary in the first two periods, and, and no matter, you know, you could be up three or four goals, and uh, you still got to be in the game because they can run off the score on you in the third period and, and, and you know, squeak out a win in overtime. They've been doing it all season. Um, you know, they have a young team, but they have a fast team, and, you know, they still have a lot of potential. Um, Sam Bennett's looking to make his come back from injury at the beginning of the season. Obviously, they've missed him, and, you know, what a, what a difference he could be for them. He comes in if, if they want to try and make a, a push for the playoffs. You know, they're up there with Nashville and in the surprises of, of the season so far. And you know, they're a team when we're, at, when we're at home, you know, there's a lot of confidence because of how good we've been against them. But, you know, when you go to Calgary, it's a whole different whole different story where, you know, they've been pretty good on, at home and, and they've been pretty good on the road too, to, to be honest, for, for the team we thought they were going to be. Yeah, and, and you know the problem that we're going to have here too is is Boudreaux's going to have to make a decision, Wayne, because if Anderson's not ready this weekend, 
you know, who's it going to be? Gibson against Calgary and Edmonton? Or are we going to see Gibson and then, you know, who, Rizgaloff in one of these games? <laughs> see, uh, that's what I would do. I would run uh, Gibson against Calgary and then, like, a weaker opponent in, in Edmonton with uh, Rizgaloff. But still, we got to play sound defense against Edmonton. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Edmonton, even though they haven't been playing as well this year, um, well, for the last couple of years, you know, as a matter of fact, they they still, uh, you know, they brought it against us. I mean, we we beat them both times this year, but you know, we beat them uh, two to one, Eddie, and four to two. So I don't think they're just going to roll over in this game either. No, and you know, you can play the worst teams in the in the league and get blown out. You know, no no team is is, is an easy opponent, and you know, I've said that. I don't know how many times, probably every week when we review review these games and we play a team near the bottom of the, of the league. But you know, I know game's gonna be easy, and you know the back to backs are always hard, especially when we've got Anderson out, and and most likely Brzezgalov's gonna have to make the start uh, unless Anderson can get back by this weekend. Um, but yeah, I do see Gibson starting Friday, even if Anderson's ready, just give him that extra day off and, and let him start Saturday against Edmonton. Right, and then would you would you roll with uh, Brzezgalov against Edmonton if Freddie's not yeah, ready? Yeah, I'd probably do that too. Just just you know the way Brzezgalov and uh, Edmonton is the weaker opponent if you're going to compare them, and I think uh, Brzezgalov is most likely to to start on Saturday if we have to. Yeah, I concur, and I think that's the way to go. And uh, you know we're going to basically wrap up here. Just want to remind everybody we're still giving away tickets to the uh, Ducks Oilers and the Ducks uh, Stars game uh, games. Uh, in uh april make sure you subscribe to the uh the blog and the podcast and we'll be uh doing some contest uh, instructions and rules and stuff uh, probably in a couple of podcasts coming up here and uh i just want to thank uh, wayne for coming on as well sorry thanks for having me guys i appreciate it and and we'll probably have you on in the future um, you know we always try to get more and more people on here and talk about hockey it's always good to get another perspective and uh we'll catch you all in a week yeah, and just a uh, just a quick note before we close off, uh, we're looking to do a, a live game broad- broadcast. Hopefully, in the future, we're still looking into it. So, um, if you're in that, hit us up and and also uh, keep an eye on uh, on Twitter uh, for us and you know TSN Sports and all them on March second deadline day. And you know, hopefully, the Ducks make a move and you guys can catch it. The Anaheim 